What up? Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who like to watch basketball and drink beer. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, joined by Dal Harmon. We are part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you can get the latest on your favorite teams, what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. So, as you see by my hoodie, we're talking a little bit of Kentucky tonight. Just a little bit. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, because I want to have the discussion. I want to have the discussion. First of all, why are we talking Kentucky? Well, because they got upset by Bama. But also, there is an opening for said John Calipari, because there was... A firing last week between our episodes of when we recorded last week and tonight. Somebody got fired at a Power 5 school in the Big 12. Someone Chris Beard. Got shaved. The beard got shaved. And I so, know. yeah. It's like a 2 out of 10 pun. <laughs> um, I mean, it's unfortunate. The circumstances around it, just you feel for the family, obviously. And we don't know all the details of what happened. But obviously, it was enough. For Texas, say yeah, this has gone off, gone on long enough. We're not going to be a part associated with this. So good on Texas for that, because plenty of other also schools could have not done that. Also, probably nice that they were able to get off of that three hundred fifty million dollar contract for cause. Uh, so yep. probably entirely altruistic from Texas. Uh, I told you I was going to be cynical on this podcast. This is Exhibit A of me being cynical, um, which is not my default setting, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, again, we don't have all the info, but it seems pretty reasonable. And it's honestly kind of nice to see a team that has, I mean, regardless of the like bit we like to do with the Texas tech guys or anything, but like Chris Beard is still one of the top coaches in the sport. And for them to just be like, all right, winning is like, we'll figure it out with someone else kind of deal is refreshing because, we don't see that happen often in any sport, really. Not it's a, not a college basketball problem. That's just a no. sports, not even a sports problem, really. I mean, that's kind of universal. But let me ask you this question: Do you think this kind of move from Texas? Do you think they would have made this, let's say, twenty five, thirty years ago, or do you think like this is something that because like I want to believe in the good in people, but I also think that because there's more with Twitter and social media and things like that, like universities and you know organizations have to do this kind of stuff now. What, what yeah. Do you I think if it would have gotten out back then, they still probably would have had, had to do it. And honestly might have been more pressured to do it because it got out, but the likelihood of it getting out and getting kind of like, yeah, where everyone knew about it is just a lot less. And that's what Twitter really brings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, so don't screw it up, Elon. That's what probably we not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you idiot. Don't do it. Yeah. No, I just think it's funny because like I was thinking about it, and it's like thirty years ago, this kind of stuff wouldn't like they would have kept him on staff for a long time until it was obvious that he had like there was evidence against it, right? You know, yeah. now that now you can get fired for allegations and rightfully so because. The the truth could be out there, and it could as in the moment you side with him, it comes out, and then you look like the bad guy. So, yeah, just makes all sense. But anyways, Chris Beard's out of Texas. They are without a coach, seemingly kind of doing fine for what it is with the interim coach. Uh, oh. You know, winning, winning. Um, didn't they win this week? <laughs> so they lost Kansas State, 
no. despite scoring like a hundred points. Yeah, that's he scored one hundred and eighteen points in regulation, 16. and then one hundred sixteen. Sorry, oh, did they score one hundred eight? It was one hundred eight, one sixteen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, no, it was like imagine losing by thirteen at home when you scored one hundred and three points in regulation. Because seriously, but they beat OK um, State by ten. Yeah, but what was the score of that game? Fifty-six to forty-six on the road. That was so like gross. He hasn't been coaching. He hasn't been coaching with them for a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah. No, I'm just like, saying that that, like, that score is gross more than. Oh yeah. I mean, like that's that's honestly a pretty solid win, but it's just gross when you score four, 50 oh, yeah. some points. So our last episode, not this past week, but the week before, um, it was like the next day that he, you know, it was announced that he, you know, like was arrested or whatever. So mm-hmm. that was, I think they played Rice. They won in overtime against Rice, eighty-seven to eighty-one. And since then, so Sunday, December eighteenth, they went. They've they've only lost one game. That was to Kansas State at home. Uh, but they've you know they've won four, five at home, and then another one after the Kansas State loss. They lost or they beat Oklahoma State on the road. So, I mean, they have a tough schedule, obviously. So. Interim coach, I don't know who's actually leading the, the charge for the Longhorns, but it should be uh, should be a tough task. I doubt he's going to keep his job as the head coach. They're going to find a replacement. Uh, I want to see that kind so, of money. Yeah. With that kind of money that they have to play with, obviously they went all out with Chris Beard. They have that money there. There now, you know, they're going to find a replacement. So that leads us to the point that I kind of originally brought up is that. You know, like, is, is Cal on his way to Texas? There's those rumors. He denied it. The Texas AD denied it. But that doesn't mean that there's not people talking about it. Um, yeah, know, I just don't see research. those people. I just don't see those people talking about it because I have John Calipari, Cal, Coach Cal, Calipari, Cal, apostrophe S. I have all of those uh, muted on Twitter right now for the next month. Um, it's honestly pretty blissful. <laughs> But it did, it did mean that someone was like, like a bunch of the guys in that, in like the sack pack, started tweeting. They're gonna get mad at me for just calling him the ringleader, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but they all started tweeting like a bunch of pictures of coaches, and I was like, I messaged Wildcat Wildcat Stung, and I was like, wait, what's so? Can, fill me in the context here, like what's happening? And so uh, no, they're just dreaming. They're just dreaming. That's all it is. Except for but- like. One of them posted Mark Pope, and everyone was like, "I'm That's transferring if I'm transferring if it's Mark Pope." Uh, but no, it's. I mean, I don't think he's going to Texas. One, I like. Even if he like literally just took the Chris Beard contract, that contract isn't better. Nothing like. I'm. It would. It. Would, I have a hard time believing it wouldn't be a grass is greener kind of. Oh, you get to Texas, and then the fans still expect the same kind of stuff from you that they do at Kentucky, and you deal with the same stuff. Like, I don't think they they expect higher than Kentucky fans though, because you think how long how long did Texas stick with Shaka? Probably two, three years longer than they should have, right? And those, I mean, he could do what Shaka did. You know what I mean? Like, he can keep that for nine years or however long Shaka was there. Yeah, but but but. They would be paying him way more than they were with Shaka, and I bet that Shaka, that tenure lasting a little bit longer than it probably should have, meant that their patience has worn a little bit thin. Plus, we have seen it with like 
John Calipari this year, even though I still don't understand why fans give a shit how much people are getting paid, but it's like, oh, he's getting paid this much. He better win. Like, I, I, I doubt that there would be the level of patience that would be significantly better than it would be here. And it seems like it would be just like a pretty similar situation. Plus he's going to be coming to the SEC in a couple of years. Like I, it doesn't seem like that it would be that much better of a situation. He'd have to move again. Like, I don't know. I, I think he'd be fine. Honestly, I think it would be, I think it'd be a good thing. I think Kentucky probably like Barnhart doesn't want to fire him. Obviously they can't afford to fire him. It's like $42 million buyout. Right. So that's the, that's off the table. So Kentucky would be, I think the athletics department would be happy if he just decided to walk. You don't have to get out of that. But that doesn't make him more likely to do it. I don't think does it. But what makes him more likely to do it is the fact that he hasn't, he hasn't proven with this in the past four years. Like, I feel like in the past four years, it's been what last year we were like the second best team in the country. We were right there. And then, yeah. And then the St. Peter's lost. And and that's a good loss. Like they, they made it to the, what elite eight first 15 seed to make it to elite eight. So like, it's not like it was a bad loss, but it's still one of those that he was coming off a year, missed the tournament. So he's on the bubble. They're on the bubble this year. They'll be in the tournament, in my opinion, but there's speculation that, because they can't haven't got their own four quad one wins, they might, you know, they're gonna be on the bubble. It could be the first four out, whatever. Yeah, um, it's a stupid yeah, argument, like, in my opinion. But it is. It's way too early to be talking about quad one wins, in my opinion. But whatever. Um, all that said, a fresh start could be nice because he could he could take all four of those kids that are committed to Kentucky or five of those kids committed to Kentucky with him. Reed Shepard's the only one that probably wouldn't go. Uh, you know, like he's gonna stay with Kentucky because of his dad, and okay. and I don't know. I just I just feel like there's like the grass isn't greener; it's the same grass. I think he just has a new lease on life at at Texas on, on the rest of his career because the expect like he might take a pay cut, but at the end of the day, you know what's nine million to six million? He's still making a lot of money. Okay, but like, is he in the point? Is he at the point where he even wants to get a new lease? Like, we've had Cal retiring rumors now for the last couple of years, like since 2015. Like, people thought that he was going to retire before the 2015 season where he went 38 and one. Like, no, okay, the the rumors then were he was going to go to the NBA, go to the Cavs. It was after that year, but like, okay, fair, but like we. The rumors of him retiring have been circulating for a couple of years now. He's at the point where, where is he even old enough where he's like, oh, I want to go get a fresh start somewhere so I can like restart my like career. Like, I feel like that's that my concern. That like I'm with you on that. I think if I'm Texas, I wouldn't want to hire him because the guy is probably not going to be in coaching for ten years. You know what I mean? And you hired Chris Beard because he's younger and because you can have him around for ten years. So yeah, like I don't see it either. Yeah. I mean that's that's his only the only downside. And also like well and then he's I, a terrible if I'm, a, coach, if I'm an athletics director if I'm an athletics director, I can't justify paying matching his contract currently right now for what he's produced in the last three, four years. You know what I mean? Like you can't justify a first, like missing a tournament first round loss. And then right now being 
you know, what they are as a team right now. Like you can't justify going and saying, Hey, Texas, we're going to pay Calipari $9 million to potentially have a bubble team. You know what I mean? Like that, that I can't justify that right now. So like I see both sides, but um, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like he's entering, I feel like he's almost like going like a Bob Huggins route where he'll have some, some good teams. He'll have some teams in contention, but, but they're just really not contenders as far as uh, a title goes. I feel like that's what he's headed towards and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Anyways, um, somebody sent me a picture of Nate Oates and one girl. I'm trying to get it where, yeah. Somebody said, yeah, we need to have Nate Oates. (laughs) Can you take a guess who sent this one? I don't even want to know. It's our buddy Scott. <laughs> he said we need NATO's now, <laughs> and she and he bring her too. <laughs> can he? Can he even say the we? Considering that he's transferred to now Gonzaga and <laughs> Wisconsin and Illinois and every Anywhere other team that Kentucky, isn't Kentucky. Yeah. I don't know, but anyways, let's move on. I told also, you so. We Go ahead. we also are Cal's going to be fine next year because Sack and Scott are going to be gone, and we're going to be back. So it doesn't matter. I don't know if it's so much that. I think it's because of the four-year run that Kentucky had from 2009 to, like, 2014. or I guess that's more than four years. Anyways, that run in the first half of Cal's career was so astronomically high and incredibly ridiculous that we're just making up for it and averaging out now. I think that's what it is. I don't know. It's called regression to the mean. Yep. And yeah. the sack curse, because it's really like sure regression to the mean, but it's mostly because Sack and Scott came. Yeah, they just need to get off campus. That's what it is. <laughs> Seriously, guys, just graduate, it's, please. We never lost to an Evansville before they stepped on campus. No, nope. then it happened the first semester. So, uh, yeah, you guys just get off campus. Yeah, go transfer, transfer to Duke. God, transfer to Gonzaga. Yeah, transfer dude, to Duke's, bad, dude, Duke's bad enough right now. We they can, they can go sabotage someone that's a little bit better. Yeah, I don't know, but let's move on. I told you so. Games that seem we we're actually confident about. I told you about Providence over UConn. I freaking called that. So take that. You did. Cheers. You did. Uh, speaking of Duke not being that great, I called <laughs> NC State over Duke. You did. Uh, <laughs> Smith went off. They handed them a twenty-four pretty- point difference Holy yeah yeah i told you so about this game but i don't know if i saw 24 points but <laughs> we'll take it yeah that was crazy humble pie teams that were definitely too low on who were you too low on um i was too low on and i feel like that just the world it wasn't even like this isn't even like a yeah. us thing this is a the world thing let me pull up their uh ken palm because i'm pretty sure they're still kind of like low but the college of charleston uh, they are 16-1 right now in the Colonial Athletic Association. Got Pat Kelsey. They have the nation's longest winning streak, which is a new feature that has been added to Ken Palm. Um, this little winning streak guy. Uh, their only loss this, this year was November 11th to North Carolina. So they're we're recording now. It is 12:03 uh, a.m. on the 10th. So if they are able to beat UNC Wilmington on Wednesday. They will have gone two months without losing. Um, Virginia Tech is a good win there. Kent State's a good win there. Richmond's a good win there. But other than that, they haven't really beat anyone because their conference is bad. But um, still, we were too low on them. 
They're good. Yeah, NC Wilmington, though, I mean, they've, they haven't lost since November 18th to one Connecticut. So, yeah, uh, pretty crazy. Um, I mean, they have a long winning streak, obviously. So, I haven't played a whole lot of anybody, but yeah, I can't even pick a name that's like, oh, yeah, this is worth <laughs> worthy of saying. But, anyways, should be fine for Charleston. <laughs> No issues there. Uh, I was too low in Georgia and not Georgia football, obviously. Uh, 65 to 7 is a basketball score. But um, I was too low on Georgia on the, uh, at home against Auburn. Pick up the dub by 12 points. 12 point win for Mike White's dogs. Um, but and I'm looking at. And then proceeded to lose to Florida by seven. On the road, though. That's on fair. the road in the Odom. We'll talk about the Odom a little bit, but I'm looking at their at their Ken Palm page. They have some quality losses. They have um, one kind of bad loss, but uh, overall, lost to Wake Forest. It's a good loss. Lost Great to UAB. Loss. The only bad loss that they have is Georgia Tech. They lost by two, and it was at Georgia Tech. Um, so, I mean, like, well, but they beat. Is it like that's not the worst loss? Like, it's not one thirty. But it's right. But like that's, I mean, Georgia's ninety third, so it's not like that they're, yeah, way higher than that. Yeah, so they were one eleven at the time too. So, but they beat number nineteen Auburn. So they have an opportunity to get some good wins this week against Mississippi State and Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi's not a great win, but they're seventy seventh. So, yeah, excuse me. Um, and honestly. They they could give Kentucky a good game. I mean, it's at home at Rupp, so they Kentucky should take care of business. But it should be a good game at least because Mike White seems to always play Kentucky tough, no matter what team he's on. So, um, yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, move on. I've got my eye on you. Teams that are struggling to play to their expectations. I'm gonna go with Arkansas, um, and this is me saying Arkansas. Later on, I have some words of encouragement, but for right now. Losses to LSU, seventy nine. LSU uh, lost to Creighton or to Auburn. Not oh, well, lost to Creighton earlier in the season too, but lost to Auburn, um, and it was seventy two to fifty nine. So it wasn't even a close loss. And this is after Auburn already got upset by Georgia earlier in the week. So, um, however, turn it around. You can do that with some with a with a game against Alabama this week at home. So go ahead and do that. Yeah, my team that I have my eye on is uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. They, I feel kind of bad picking them because their worst loss right now is uh, against number fifty-three Northwestern, and they lost by one at home. Like, it's not a bad loss at all. They lost to Iowa, Rutgers, Arizona, and Kansas. Like, all top fifty, all top forty teams there. So. Um, and honestly kind of goes sort of hand in hand with your Arkansas point is just like health has been a big thing. Arkansas can't stay healthy. They've missed Nick Smith a bunch. Um, have had a couple other injuries and Indiana's kind of the same way. They have two people, three people on their team that have played in all 15 of their games so far. Yeah. Jalen Huchifino and Trace Jackson Davis have both played in only 12 games. Xavier Johnson, I think, is out. Caleb Banks has only played in 10. Race Thompson, 14. Like, um, and Race Thompson was the one that missed that Northwestern game. It, they just – I wish they could all be healthy so that 
we could really see them at full strength. But until yeah. they get back to full strength, gotta gotta have them in the like we're keeping an eye on you category. Yeah. All right. So what happened? Uh, Northwestern beat Illinois seventy three to sixty. Thirteen point loss for Illinois. So Illinois, what happened? You take it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really watch that game. Uh, Northwestern's kind of good though. Weirdly, yeah. Um, next game, Clemson uh, beat Virginia Tech sixty-eight, sixty-five. Virginia Tech, what happened? Probably PJ Halls. What happened? But what happened? Yep. Uh, we already talked about Georgia and Auburn. So Georgia Tech took on Miami, seventy-six to seventy. Hurricane. What happened? We just talked about Georgia Tech. Yeah, not, Georgia Tech not, a bad loss. not a bad loss. Not a bad loss for you for the dogs there. Um you said we were gonna talk about the Odom. Uh Texas A and M sixty six, Florida sixty three, Gators. Texas A and M's kinda good, but we'll still put you in the what happened. Yeah. What happened? They're not they're they're outside of the top fifty, so we put them in the what happened. Hey, uh rules are rules, baby. And then the last one I'm going to do, I'm going to skip that, that that one. The last one we're going to do, Maryland took on Ohio State, and we thought we had them figured out. We both picked Ohio State. <laughs> 80 to 73, Maryland won. Mar- Look, Buckeyes, what happened? You had it. You had the beers and buckets curse is what you got. What? All right. I'm going to actually go look at this because what did Bryce Sensabaugh do in this game? Good question. Uh, okay. He had 20, 22 and 7. That's not bad. Oh, he fouled out and had four turnovers. That's not good. Thirty point or thirty minutes, yeah. Not not a great way to close out a game is losing your best player. Um Jameer Young, MVP. There you go. Hey, he's good. Seven for thirteen on uh, and then one for five from three. So like not a great game for him, but thirteen for fifteen 30 from points, the though. three point free throw line. That's where you get your points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus. So. He almost shot as many free throws just by himself as the entire Ohio state team did. Yeah. We figured out what happened there. That was in, in college park, right? Um, yeah, they, were, they were the home team. Yeah. Xfinity center. Yeah. And the third, the third quarter. So Ken Palm breaks it up, but in quarters, uh, they beat Ohio state in the first 10 minutes of the second half, 24 to seven. That's not good. We need to go to quarters. We've t- we said this enough times on the show, but we need to go to yes. quarters. Do so, it. Yeah, please do it. it. It changes everything. So, all right, let's move on. All right, it's time for Shark Tank upsets where each person will have to pitch a game and the shark, quote-unquote shark, will either buy nothing. They'll be totally out. They buy a pint, a case, a pony keg, a keg, or the whole brewery. So, Dal, what are you pitching today? All right, so who's my favorite player in the A-10 this year? Uh, Duron Holmes. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dayton is currently 3-0 and in conference. Uh, but on Tuesday, so today, since this is technically after midnight that we're recording, yeah. they play Fordham at Fordham. Uh, they are projected to win 66-60, but I am here to say that the Fordham Rams Yes, yeah. Fordham Rams uh, will get this win on or at home. Uh, all right, bad parts first. Dayton's defense is 18th. Fordham's offense, 237th in the country. 
not great. But Fordham's defense is pretty solid. They especially are really good about limiting uh, other teams from like a shooting perspective and from an offensive rebound perspective. Um, they have a really, really good two-point percentage. Opponents are shooting just 44% from uh, two against them. So great at protecting the rim. They um, are not super tall. Dayton is actually the highest team in average height. I didn't realize that. But um, Fordham is less than two inches shorter in terms of average height there. Um, they're super experienced. And they, uh, like I said, do a good job of limiting people um, around the rim. So I think that is kind of what's going to throw off Dayton as well as it just being a road game for the Flyers in, in New York taking on Fordham. So I have Fordham eking out a close win against the Flyers, Ramos versus Flyers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get a pony keg on this because we nice. know Dayton's been kind of a roller coaster of a season for them. They start off just plummeting, kind of worked their way back up sneakily because they're mm-hmm. 55 now. Um, like you said, 3-0 and in conference. But, I mean, Fordham's o- offense isn't great. Dayton's got a pretty decent defense, but Dayton's offense isn't good. They turn the ball over, and they don't force turnovers. Uh, and so not good for a road game there. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just about Fordham's ability to put the ball in the basket. They don't get a lot – Fordham doesn't get a lot of offensive rebounds, so I've been high on that lately. I feel like the better offensive rebounding team – Typically, we'll end up squeaking out a win somehow just because of putbacks, more chances. Um, but So that's why I took a pony keg on it. I think it will happen. Uh, don't think it'll be because of their offensive rebounding, obviously. So Now, Fordham does a good job getting to the basket, getting fouled. And Dayton is one of the slowest teams in terms of average pace uh, on both offense and defense, which just means that this game will have a very few – possessions, which is always kind of more right for an upset. It's kind of the whole Virginia deal. Virginia's good in the grand scheme of things on a larger sample size, but on a small sample size of just a single game where you're only going to get maybe 60 possessions, um, that can kind of lead to an upset. So, sweet. I'll take a pony keg. That sounds good. What's crazy is Fordham has two players with within the top 25 for block percentage. I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not even going to try and pronounce their name, but 11 and 24, 10.8% and 9.6%. For That's two on the same team. That's insane. So, that's yeah, Dayton, baby. Dayton, the fact that Dayton doesn't rely on three-pointers at all or any perimeter shots whatsoever, and the fact that Fordham, like, lives with the block percentage, which is crazy because you think their block percentage would be better uh, than it is. You know, it's 21st in the nation, so not bad. But with two players in the top 25, you'd think you'd be better. But anyways, um, yeah, that's pretty nuts. That's that's uh, That'll win you an upset for sure. So I'll take it. Yeah, pony kick on me. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, Sharks. Shark. This week. Oh, I, I realized why. Sorry. I realized why. One of the guys only plays 40% of minutes, and one of them plays 52% of minutes. So they're just not on the floor a ton. Yeah, they're not. This, well, I mean – Typically, if you have somebody that's really good at shot blocking, they probably can't spread the floor in offense either. So unless you're Calipari, you're not playing them at the same time. Also, one of them averages 7.5 fouls called per 40. So he probably can't stay stay on the floor to save his life. 
Stop fouling. I mean, when you have yeah. that high of a block percentage, though, you're probably going to pick up a lot of fouls, too. So, yep. uh, yeah. So, all right. Sharks, Shark, uh, Tuesday or Thursday, excuse me. It's Thursday at 11 p.m. on Pac 12 Networks in the Poly Pavilion. Number 49, Utah, is taking on number four, UCLA. Ken Palm saying 73 to 61 victory for UCLA with an 85% confidence rate. The spread is at 12 and a half. Uh, Minus 12 and a half UCLA, obviously. Here's my thing. Trust me on this one. That spread is too, too far, like far too big for there not to be something fishy going on there. Also, Utah surprisingly has a length advantage and the two foul participation in this one percentage. So if they do get into foul trouble on the road with some hanky poly pavilion refs calls, it doesn't matter because they're not gonna they're not gonna sit the players with two fouls. They're just gonna keep playing because they have the balls to do it. And then love to see it. Yeah. And but also like Utah's a really tough defense. They took you know, Arizona is one of the best offenses in the nation. They limited Arizona a lot earlier in the in that upset. And they're good at making teams take tough and uncomfortable shots. UCLA hasn't played a team with a defense like you, uh, Utah's this year. And UCLA has gotten the shots that they wanted to because of just the size advantage. However, they're going against a longer team, and they're going against a team that is much better on defense than they have faced before. And it's conference play. Anything can happen in conference play. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I like this a lot. Uh, I think one of the big things that we said whenever Kentucky was playing UCLA that we were kind of excited about is the fact that UCLA can kind of struggle to guard post-ups. The person that is the major, only major contributor on Utah is Brennan Carlson, who's a seven-footer who is seems to be like a down-low presence, which means that he can probably take advantage of the big men and their lack of ability to guard post-up. Um, hopefully he can do it better than Oscar Sheway did in that game because that was not great. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think all the all the things you said are great. The UCLA doesn't really get to the free throw line that much, which um, is is something that kind of worries me, uh, even when they are at home. And then the only really flaw of Utah's defense is that they do not force turnovers, but that doesn't really matter because UCLA doesn't turn the ball over anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't like that they were gonna that was gonna be some like big part of the game plan when. UCLA is fourth in the country in turnover rate. So they already take care of the ball really well. So you might as well not even try. And it's nice that they can do kind of everything else without yeah, that being a big part of their game. Utah, Utah really, they're not going for the steals because their steal percentage is 7.3. They're not trying to f- force the turnovers to score. They're yep. trying to make you take really uncomfortable shots. They're trying Which to make they do. your – yeah. They're trying to make your worst player take most of your shots, and they're really successful at doing that. So – uh, I, yeah, I, that's why I really like this matchup because somebody other than Hami Hawkins is getting to shoot. Somebody other than Tiger Campbell is going to be shooting a lot of shots. So they're making either Jalen Clark, Amari Baylor, David Singleton shoot, and uh, you know, or Adembo, uh, Adembona. So like, I mean, like, there's not going to be a crazy amount of offense flowing from UCLA. I think in this one. Yeah, I was going to take a pony keg, but because you mentioned two thaw participation, I will bump that up to a full keg. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy though. I mean, they like Utah. They're ninety fifth in the nation for two fouls, so pretty yeah. pretty progressive. Whereas UCLA is point zero seven, three hundred fifty eighth. So love it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. 
NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Dell, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a peach tutti frutti summer tart. Obviously, the best time of year for a summer tart is when it's like 30 degrees outside. Um, it's from the Gravely Brewing Company in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know if you've heard of that. They have a basketball team there. Uh, I don't know how good they are. Well, Bellarmine's really good. (laughs) You're right, actually. That's true. (laughs) The pride of Louisville, Kentucky, Bellarmine. Um, but no, it's a, yeah, it's a peach, peach beer, 4.7% ABV, 14 IBU. Um, yeah, I don't know. The ca- the casing is kind of like interesting too. It has like some little peachy, peachy guys. Let's do a little. Ooh, nice crack. Okay, um, it's like if you put like a took a peach Lacroix, the white peach Lacroix. That's actually mm-hmm. good. That's probably my favorite peach, like Lacroix, honestly. But it's like if you took that and you poured like an ounce of sour of just like a normal sour beer into that that's what it tastes like which is all right <laughs> yeah it's, it's okay I'm, um, a, I'm a bubbly guy myself i mean like it's not bad but i wouldn't say it's really that good either hmm. kind of like louisville basketball no louisville's just actually bad. no they're bad <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna walk out back. Uh, no, as I mean, it's alright. It's kind of like it's probably it probably would be good now. like during the summer, like sitting out by the pool or something, drinking it. But yeah, mm. what you got? I'm drinking. It's called Luna Lemonade. Ooh. It's a marshmallow lemonade wheat beer. Um, so it's by Playalinda Brewing Company here in Titusville, Florida, which is like like. A, 45 minutes hour east of uh orlando wait so lemonade and marshmallow marshmallow lemonade wheat beer 4.6 abv zero abus three that like boggles my brain it's interesting looking so far let's give it a try (laughs) yeah i like it it's pretty good it's it's really light. It's lighter than I expected, being all those flavors together. But marshmallows are light, so um, kind of reminds me of that. I think I did a blueberry marshmallow one back in like yeah, you did, October. yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like something like that. Uh, just instead of the blueberry, which is a stronger flavor than I, than you'd think compared to a lemonade, 
Lemonade's a little bit more subtle, so you taste more of the marshmallow in it. Uh, hmm. But it's pretty good. I mean, it's, like I said, it's really light. It's better than I thought it would be, you know, when I grabbed it at Total Wine. So, um, yeah, not bad. Uh, not great, but not bad. Just like yours, I think. Like, I'm glad I didn't get a six-pack of them because I'd be giving yeah. some away. But I'm still going to enjoy this one tonight. So, cheers. I feel like this would be, like, good to make, like, in a cocktail. Like, to mix with something and, like, make it into something else. Make but... it, like, loaded or something like that. Put a little shot yeah. of something in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I, I could see this one adding. You make it loaded, too, to be honest with you. But. Oh, it's just that's not a very good indication on like the actual quality of the beer, though. Like, if you got to put other shit in it, it's probably not like. Eh. Loaded land sharks are good, and I, I don't care who you are; those are good. Um, but I like tequila, so that also plays a factor into it. Gross. So. Uh, do Angry Balls put uh, drink Angry Orchard down? Don't actually get Angry Orchard; get a better cider. But yeah. the term is better. Angry Balls, because that's funny. Uh, yeah. But, like, drink down cider a little bit and then put some Fireball in there. That could be pretty good. Ah, that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I, I'll have to try that. Oh, we do have Angry Orchard here, but I'm not a – too, they're too sweet. They're way too yeah, sweet. Yeah, Angry, Or- Angry Orchard is not good. No, no. I'd much uh, There's another one, uh, Three Daughters Brewing near us. They do an apple pie, apple pie cider. Oh, so mm. good. Good. So good. Even though it's almost Dude. just as sweet as that one, it's still pretty good. So this month, I get to like experience all the beers that you're talking about. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped for that. Me too. Very pumped for that. So, um, comparing this to college basketball, uh, I like that it's purple, and it's a one-off kind of beer. So I'm going Northwestern because they upset Illinois earlier this week. So. I was going to say, I almost picked them. This is not, I guess it's not a spoiler because I didn't pick them, but the teams that we were definitely too low on in our humble pie section, I almost threw Northwestern in there. Yeah. But then I looked back at their like non-conference schedule and they had a couple losses in there that I was like, eh, so yeah. Yeah. One-off, a one-off uh, upset. There you go. Yeah. Lunar Lemonade. Big Ten right now. Yeah. Weird. So, who who are you comparing yours to? Um, well, I compared it to Louisville, but then I was like, no, that's just bad. Um, who's someone that's just bad? Um, let's go, like, I'll go Vanderbilt. They're fine, but not great. Yeah. I mean, they'd be fine in another conference, I think. They just happen to be in one of the better conferences in the nation, so. Yeah. There's that. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, then. All right. It's time for the throwdown games. This is the part of the show where we predict upcoming games we think are going to be fun. Uh, some Most of them are usually top 50 matchups, but sometimes they're not. And uh, on the season, or last week, Dow picked nine. I got ten. So on the season, I'm up three to two. And uh, this is where we're at. Yeah, we're going to keep going. But I think I think you're up three in total as well. Uh, in terms yeah, three of, to two in correct. total. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's in terms of weeks. I'm talking oh, about true. I think you have three more correct picks. Three more I correct know. picks than you do, yeah. 
And and I'm going to like, I mean, for the listener, for the viewer, whatever, uh, you know, like we try and pick with the best team, like with the team who we think are going to win. And, you know, like for the most part, sometimes we pick just to have different picks. So yeah, it's not fun yeah. if we're like picking all the same stuff. Connor and I view the game like pretty similarly. So yeah. I feel like we look at a lot of stuff similarly for like when we're looking at games. So yeah, we do play contrarian sometimes. Yeah, and it bites us. Sometimes it doesn't, so we'll see. Uh, but this week, Tuesday night, the 10th, North Carolina is taking on Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia at 9 p.m. Ken Pomp saying 70 to 66 Virginia. Who do you got, Dow? Um, got to go UVA here. Uh, North Carolina's buns and Amanda Bacot <laughs> is bad, and people are trying to give him ACC Player of the Year over Tyree Appleby, and this will be my second Wake Forest transfer is better than Amanda Bacot uh, campaign. I'm ready for round two, so I have to cheer against UNC at all costs. So I'm going Virginia here. Yeah, I'm going Virginia as well. They have the better offense, and their defense is too good. It's going to give UNC problems. They already have problems. They're going to have more problems against Virginia's offense or defense. So uh, give me give me the Cavs. And it's a home game. Yeah, it's a home game. Yeah, that. Definitely. Um, all right. 7 p.m. in Manhattan, Kansas. Oklahoma State's taking on Kansas State. Kim Pom saying 70 to 67. I'm going K-State. They're the more complete team at this point. OK State turns the ball over too much, and it's home game. So can't give you yeah, any more I think than the home that. game kind of puts it over the edge. Uh, would also like to shout out Ismail Masood, the Wake Forest transfer to Kansas State, who hit a game winner uh, in their in their last game against Baylor. That was dope, and overtime. I love Ismail Masood. He's super dope, and is like a 6'10 shooter that I wish would have stayed at Wake because we would have just been bombing from three even more than we already do. <laughs> he's actually not really that good, but he's kind of fun sometimes, and he's shooting 45% on 22 attempts t- this uh, this year. So I'm going to go Wildcats. That's their mascot. Yeah, the other Wildcats, yeah. Right. All right. Uh, seven. Also at seven p.m. Madison, Wisconsin, the Cole Center, number forty-three, Michigan State taking on number thirty-one, Wisconsin. Wisconsin sixty-three to sixty, according to Ken Palm. Who do you got? I'm gonna go Michigan State here. Um, I just trust Izzo, I guess. Plus, they have some athleticism that I think will be tough for Wisconsin to deal with. That's fair. I'm going Wisconsin because they have a favorite home whistle. They get the home cooking a lot uh, in this the Cole Center cooking. there. Can't yeah, see it, but. yeah, and and what's funny is that they have very similar play from these teams. I feel like the the style of yeah. play is going to be is very similar, so it's going to be a fun matchup. But uh, yeah, I'm just going Wisconsin here because that home whistle is going to be crazy for them. Um, all right, 8 p.m. on ESPN Plus. If you got it, go watch it. Number 41, Texas Tech taking on number 29, Iowa State, uh, and Ames, Iowa. So it's in the Hilton Coliseum. Iowa State's supposed to win 66-61. to 61. I'm going Iowa State. I think they're one of the best teams in the nation in forcing turnovers. Tech struggles to take care of the ball, and this home game for Iowa State. So the Cyclones going to have that home cooking again. Yeah, I like your, your reasoning there. Um, it also just seems like Texas Tech's kind of reeling a little bit, and little bit. Iowa State seems pretty poised to um, – or pretty poised to kind of – Kicked them while they're down a little bit. So I'll yeah. go Iowa State as well. Yep. All right. Like, moving on to Wednesday, the 11th, my brother's birthday. Shout out to Cameron. Happy hey. birthday, Cameron, on Wednesday. Um, shout, out to, shout out to my mom and little sister whose birthday 
they were both on the seventh. My little sister is twenty one now. Go. She is like a full adult. She's legal. There you go. Not that kind of legal, but you know what I mean. She could join the podcast yeah. now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Wednesday the eleventh, um, UConn's taking on Marquette in Five Serve Arena, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. UConn's supposed to win seventy five seventy three. This at seven p.m. on CBS. I'm going Marquette. A really fun shock offense. One of the best two point percentage teams in the nation. UConn relies on a little bit lean on that three point shot. Could be cold in a rowdy five serve arena. So five serve forum. So give me give me the uh, what is UConn Golden Eagles? Is that what they are? I can't remember what they are. It seems right. Yeah, I think so. I just or they not are, UConn. I'm Marquette. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Uh, their mascot is my parents need to get me some Marquette shorts because I asked for them for Christmas and didn't get them. <laughs> Nineteen nine. Uh, no, I'm going to go UConn here. They, uh, I mean, they've dropped all the way down to three in Ken Palm. Oh, uh, man. How dare them? Yeah. Jeez. Horrible. Fire whoever their coach is. Um, but no, I'll go UConn here, mostly just because you're picking Marquette, and I'll play contrarian. <laughs> I mean, that's a good good team to go contrarian with. Yeah. <laughs> Not the worst team to be able to be like, oh, I guess I'll pick them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, 7 p.m. in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Number seven, Alabama's taking on number 10, Arkansas. Al- or Arkansas is supposed to win 75-74. This is on ESPN2, by the way, in Bud Walton Arena. Who do you got? Um, despite it being a road game, I'm going to go Bama here. Um and Arkansas definitely is kind of going to be looking for a win after their loss to Auburn, but I think Bama kind of takes the Kentucky win into this, plays with some confidence, and um, and surprises Arkansas in in Bud Walton. Eh, fair enough. I'm actually going Arkansas, though I do think Alabama is good. Arkansas needs this win after dropping to Auburn. They'll want it more. They'll be hungry. It's going to be a home game. Those Tuesday night, or I guess Wednesday night home games are a little crazy uh, in Bud Walton. So um, I remember last year, Auburn being what Auburn was last year. That's when they upset Arkansas, upset something last year. So uh, I think it's going to be a similar atmosphere. Also, um, Arkansas has the length and, and the length advantage here. And Alabama gets their shots blocked a lot. So, uh, no easy buckets for the, for the for the tide, I guess. I almost said element ele- elephants, but um, but they're not really elephants. So no easy buckets for them. So give me give me the hogs. All right, um, seven p.m. in Cincinnati, number seventeen Creighton's taking on number eighteen Xavier. Xavier is supposed to win seventy nine seventy six. Uh, I'm going Xavier. It's a home game. They play their best games at home, obviously, but for Xavier, it's very true. Excuse me. Um, Creighton doesn't force turnovers. They don't get a lot of offensive rebounds, and they struggle at the free throw line. So it's not a good recipe for an upset here. So what do you think? Um, there's no way in hell I'm picking Creighton again because every time I pick them, they lose. <laughs> so I'll be picking Xavier. You're dead to me, Blue Jays. <laughs> y'all gotta, y'all gotta get back in my good graces. Prove to me that you can win. True. Also, this is kind of crazy how many good games are happening Wednesday night. Like, you typically yeah, Wednesday night. Wednesday's loaded. Yeah, it really is. Um, Indiana's taking on Penn State at 7 p.m. in University Park, Pennsylvania, Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, you can watch on the Big, 12, Big Ten Network, 73-72 win for Penn State. 
I'm going Penn State. I don't trust the Hoosier offense. And Penn State at home with their three-point shooting is very fun. So give me that. Give me all that. Three-point shooting plus do we know if Indiana is going to be fully healthy? It seems like they're probably not going to be. So I'll go Penn State as well. Yeah. All right. uh, 7 p.m. in Morgantown, West Virginia, in the WVDU Coliseum. Uh, West Virginia is taking on Baylor, and it is a 76-72 victory for West Virginia. Who do you got? I'm going to go Baylor here. A little bit just play contrarian, but I feel like they need to get kind of another signature win under their belt, and this seems like a great chance to do it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. I agree with that, but I'm going West Virginia here. Baylor's too turnover-prone. They allow a lot of offensive rebounds. Also, like – can, side note, but like, can we can we ask the question? Is this one of the easier Big Twelve title runs for Kansas that they've had in a while, despite the Big Twelve being a really good conference? Because I feel like we did our Big Twelve preview that never actually aired, but West Virginia was like dead last in our Big Twelve preview. I think like in the in the average, uh, turns out you know they're pretty good. They're twenty third. They're past Baylor, who was supposed to be who's like top three for us. So I mean like. And even then, Kansas went into Morgantown and won. You know what I mean? So, like, I think Kansas has a easier title run for the Big 12 than they've had in a long time. What do you think, real quick? Yeah, I mean, it's – West Virginia is tough because they shouldn't – I feel like they're one of those teams where I'm like, they shouldn't be this good. But no. then they kind of are, so yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm mostly just playing contrarian here and going Baylor, betting on Flagler and – Cryer and all there, uh, Kante George, just to be kind of overwhelming them with talent. Fair enough. All right, um, 7 p.m. in Orlando at Edition Financial Arena. Number 37 Memphis taking on number 36 UCF. UCF supposed to win 69-65. This is not like on ESPN Plus, like I said. Uh, I'm going UCF. I can't switch up now, obviously. And uh, Memphis struggles from perimeter and protecting the ball. So both teams allow a lot of offensive rebounds. So that should be interesting. It's like, who wants it, you know? Uh, but at the same time, I just can't pick a upset. Not really an upset. It's a one-point difference here. But uh, one ranking difference. But Memphis struggles from the perimeter. I'm not going to pick that in a road game uh, and protecting the ball, too. If they can't protect the ball, they can't win. Yeah, road game is the big thing there. Uh UCF's at home here seems pretty like it would be pretty like even if it wasn't uh if it was on a neutral floor but with UCF being at home I'm gonna go UCF all right that's it for Wednesday games Thursday the 12th number 30 Michigan's taking on number 40 Iowa or no I'm sorry number 50 Michigan's taking on number 40 Iowa uh at 7 p.m on ESPN2 in Iowa City Iowa's supposed to win 80 to 76 who do you got <laughs> I just read your last note for your justification for this. <laughs> um, oh, damn. Um, I'll, I'll say it right it. now. Hunter Dickinson is the worst. Oh. Like, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I I hate that guy. He, right, now I got to like, take As much as I hated Drew Timmy, at least Drew Timmy grew on me. Like, you know, like, at least I appreciate him for what he is and, like, nah. the meme that he is. Hunter Dickinson is just an absolute jerk. Like, I hate that guy. He just he, – he was talking about, like, Wisconsin and something about – 
uh, like something he said like on a barstool interview, and people were just pissed at him. Well, there's your uh, issue. You're listening to a barstool interview. No, it was on TikTok, and like I don't, I don't, I don't follow barstool or anything like that. But he was being interviewed. The guy needs a PR agent. He's a freaking. He's a, he's in college and he's a PR agent. Like he's just the worst. He's like, he, some dumb shit. He's the worst on interviews. So like he's just uh, I can't stand him. So yeah, move on, Hunter Dickinson. But yeah. Who do you got though in that game? I'll go Michigan just to play Contrarian, but I don't really feel confident in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Iowa. I tried to pick Michigan. I tried to see like how I could swing it, push that agenda. But both teams ca- take care of the ball. Michigan struggles to get offensive rebounds, so which is crazy because they have Hunter Dickinson. But if they struggle to get offensive rebounds, I don't like them on the road in an upset situation. So give me the Hawkeyes. Um, that's it for Thursday. That was the only good game that's on Thursday, in my opinion. So Friday the 13th, uh, spooky. Uh, don't you know, give some good mojo, whatever you need to do. Um, number 43, Michigan State's taking on number 32, Illinois, at 9 p.m. in Champaign, Illinois, at the State Farm Center. Illinois is supposed to win 70-66. I'm going to Illinois. They have the better offense in the matchup. I tried. I tried to pick Michigan State. I didn't like anything I saw in it. Uh, it's a home game from Illinois, or Illinois as well, and Michigan State just doesn't turn the ball over enough for me to like the upset here. So, so back to back losses for Michigan State for you? Yeah, Spartans reeling. Big stuff. Um, I'll go. I'll go Michigan State. Illinois just lost Guy Clark, their point guard, who was having yeah. a fine season, but it is still a loss to like. Kind of adapt from that. Uh, I'll go Michigan State. You go two yeah. losses, I go two wins. We, we'll probably go. split it one and one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Just a matter of which one it is. Uh, Saturday the 14th, that was the only good game for Friday. Saturday the 14th, number 11, Arizona's taking on number 58, Oregon, at 6 p.m. in Eugene, Oregon, at the Matthew Knight Arena. 77-75, Arizona victory. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go Oregon here. Home game, which is nice. Uh, that horrendous uh, arena floor is <laughs> going to throw off Arizona. Plus, I like the the twin towers of Khalil Ware and Nfali Dante for Oregon. So I'll use that to kind of counteract the height that Arizona brings, especially in the front court. Yeah, I'm going to Arizona. Um, I couldn't find anything to push a duck agenda, so I'm just going to go with the Wildcats there. Um Plus, they have the coolest throwback logo ever. If I ever get another home field hoodie, it's definitely going to be Arizona that's, that's one with the, text, with the cactus one. Yeah. Well, I have a whole list of ones I want to get, but anyways, Arizona, give me the Wildcats. Um, all right, 2 p.m. Fort Worth, Texas, Kansas State's taking on TCU, who be licking their wounds from that butt whooping they took tonight uh, in football, but in basketball they're doing just fine. Uh, but Kansas State, I'm picking them because they scored 116 points in regulation on the road. <laughs> I will never not pick them this season. So, uh, when an offense that efficient against a really good Texas defense, I, you know, by all means, please, Kansas State, you'll always have my pick at this point. We were talking about regression to the mean earlier. This is going to be a regression to the mean. Uh, that plus a home game. I'm going to go TCU here. Plus, Mike Miles is dope. And I can't pick against TCU and have a TCU hoodie on. So, it's you know. true. Also true. Yeah. All this right. Is the, this is the, the, the grave I've dug. I almost combined the like bed I slept in and grave I dug into one. 
<laughs> the grave I slept in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> number 24, Duke, is taking on number 53, Clemson, in Clemson, South Carolina, at 5 p.m. on the ACC Network in Little John Coliseum. Clemson's supposed to win 70-69. to 69. Who do you got? Mm, let's go Clemson, home game. Little John is a cool name, and Duke yeah, yeah. is kind of reeling. <laughs> Hopefully, Derek Whitehead isn't fully healthy for this because if Derek Whitehead is back and healthy, which he has kind of looked to get healthier and healthier after each game, which is how getting healthy works, um, yeah. then I might be in for trouble here. But I'll go Clemson. Yeah, I actually go Duke here. Uh, Clemson doesn't get enough offensive rebounds for me to like them in this, and they don't force a lot of turnovers either. Duke's going to feed Filipowski in this matchup. I think he's just going to dominate this game. So. Give me the Blue Devils. Um, all right, 3.30 p.m., Missouri's taking on Florida in Gainesville at the O-Dome. So that's why I brought it up earlier. Uh, but Florida's supposed to win 81-79. I'm going Florida. I think Missouri's offense is really good, obviously. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever been to a game in the O'Connell Center. That place gets rocking. Like, I mean, you could hear it on TV, too. Like, that place gets nuts because it's literally it's just a giant dome. I mean, like, it's, it's not even that big. It's really small. Like, you could spit on the player from the top row. You know, it's crazy. So, um, it is uh, – it, it's going to get loud. And with that, I don't trust Missouri's offense to carry that shooting, carry that, that offensive ability on the road. And their defense is just not good enough for me to like the upset here. They, their defense is just kind of – Kind of crappy, not gonna it's lie. Not good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Mizzou though. I like their scoring ability, uh, even on the road. Fair enough. But I said Florida, you got it. You got it. The O Dome here. So you you lost it to Texas A&M. You get it right back with Missouri, and it's gonna be a good win for you. So uh, Missouri's a sneaky good team here in the SEC. All right. Um, 8 p.m. in Austin, Texas. The Red Raiders of Texas Tech are taking on the Longhorns of Texas. Texas was to win 74-66. to 66. I'm going Red Raiders, though. Pop Isaacs, MVP. The Rainbow Bridge, Rainbow Bridge shot. Not even Rainbow Bridge. Rainbow Road shot. That thing straight up. Like, straight up like a rainbow. And he makes it, like, every time. That, I've, I've turned on, like, five Tech games this season where it's, like, getting in the clutch and, like, Pop Isaacs just has the green light to shoot from wherever. And that shot almost touches the ceiling every time. It's insane. And he, nothing but net every time. It's crazy. He, so. could be, he could be colorblind and he would still see that green light. <laughs> yeah. 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 So give me the red right <laughs> for this one. I'll go Longhorns just because I continue to play contrarian in, on our Saturday games. So I won't stop here. Although <laughs> – which means that I picked against Texas Tech for the last three games, which I don't feel good about, but whatever. Yeah, I don't blame you on not not feeling good about that, but you did pick them in right with the Kansas pick last week. That that call, those two missed calls at the end were absolute bullcrap, though. Oh, my God. Like, I don't think Tech deserved to win that, but, my God, like, how do you miss that hook on that? And then the bump, the body bump was pretty bad too. But I didn't think there was enough there to call a body bump with like clock winding down like that. But you got to call that hook on that, on, uh, on what's his name, uh, Bacho. You got to call that. That was terrible. Um, anyways, 4 p.m. in Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, Iowa State's taking on Kansas. 
Kansas supposed to win 70-60. I'm going Iowa State. I think the Cyclones are one of the few teams I think can pull off a road upset against Kansas. So give me the Cyclones. I have nothing, like no no reasoning to to push it. This is just me. This is my gut. This is – I'm feeling it. Go Cyclones. You know what? Um, I kind of like Iowa State here, but I can't go the entire game – like the entire day – Pick all opposite from you and stop here. So I'm gonna go Kansas. <laughs> You're probably like it's this, again the safe bet to to pick contrarian on this one. Like this is a good one to pick contrarian, but yeah, uh, yeah. I bet these teams. Yeah. All right. Sunday the fifteenth, Marquette's taking on Xavier. We already talked about Xavier a little bit, but in Cincinnati, Ohio at noon, Xavier's supposed to win eighty four to eighty one. So it's a high scoring affair. Uh, I, as much as it pains me to pick against Marquette, I got to pick Xavier here because I said they're too good at home. Marquette, offer albeit you know, for what it's worth, they've only like I think they've lost a semi away game, away game, and a home. The fact that they don't, like they've lost the two kind of away games and the only one at home was the Wisconsin. It's a little bit different, so I say they quote unquote struggle in the road this season. But Marquette's a good team, so this is not a bad loss to Xavier by any means. Yeah, I'm going to go Xavier as well. Uh, like you said, home game, that's big. Marquette's a young team playing on the road, kind of tough. Um, I'll go Xavier. Also, Marquette just relies on their offense a lot, and it's hard offense. Offense doesn't travel like defense does, like we've talked about. So, uh, All right. Noon, Rutgers taking on Ohio State at home in the Jersey Mike's Arena. You'd be an idiot to not pick Rutgers in this one because they already got screwed. <laughs> they already got screwed. They they need the revenge against Ohio State. Here it comes. Scarlet Knights coming for that revenge. Were you laughing at the note that I was yeah, writing? Yeah, I laughing at your note. You're typing it. <laughs> I said chop, MF, chop. Uh, <laughs> Rutgers, obviously. Jersey Mike's Arena is an impenetrable fortress. <laughs> So true. A sub above. Yep. Right, baby. Um, <laughs> all right, 4.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Maryland's taking on number 40, Iowa. Iowa's supposed to win 76-73. This is in Iowa City, by the way, at home. I'm going Maryland. I think they found their mojo again, and I just can't trust Iowa's defense. It's not good. Not I good against the fun Maryland offense. Yeah, you better hope Jameer Young shows out. I bet against Mar- or against Iowa earlier this like this uh this week, this past week, and it bit me. Uh so I'm gonna go Iowa here. <laughs> yeah, you you bet on Indiana and Indiana has no offense, so Bro. <laughs> okay, they were up by like twenty at one point and then they weren't anymore. <laughs> then they didn't have an offense. All right. All right, let's move on then. <laughs> Dallas, it's time for the last call. I think I have a feeling of what your last call is going to be, but what are you leaving with us, us with? Georgia fans don't deserve a national championship, much less two. <laughs> uh, they are – I mean, there's a lot of fan bases that we can say are the Kentucky uh, – like the equivalent of Kentucky basketball, but just the like woe is me stuff from the – underdogs that are the Georgia Bulldogs who are in one of the most talented states in high school recruiting with no actual rival in state because Georgia Tech is bad. I'm so shocked that they can, you know, overcome all those obstacles to be a good college bas- or college football team. 
it's such a great underdog story. We got the little engine that could. We got the miracle on ice, and we have the Georgia Bulldogs winning a national championship. Just three completely uh, just awe-inspiring stories. That's me throwing up all over my mic. No, that's, I'm done. Con, what you got? <laughs> uh, I got two. Um, first of all, Mike Farrell, Farrell Sports. You know, you know that account. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. He tweeted two years ago, or no, three, four years ago. He said Kirby Smart is winning multiple national titles if he continues to recruit like, recruit like this. Yeah, that no is shit. Yeah, obviously. And the replies to it are absolutely insane. Uh, just they age terribly. Uh, so go enjoy that for what it's worth. Um, no, I will not. I will not no, enjoy anything funny. about this. It's funny. Uh, it's funny. Anyways, uh, my my actual last call is you should never run a freaking approve like coaches approval poll like coming off a loss. I don't care like what it is. Like we. You didn't run it for Mark Stoops. Then why are you running it after Missouri, or why are you running it after you know, like Bama lost? Like you're not really, like it's just absolutely dumb to run an in-season approval poll, especially coming after a loss because you're not doing it after wins. Did you do an approval poll after a Kansas win on the road in Allen Fieldhouse last year? No. So why are you doing it that? Like why are you doing it after a loss? It's just agenda pushing and stupid. The only time you start approvals polls is in the summer when there's nothing else to talk about. Because it's summer and there's no sports on. That's when you get into the hypotheticals, not freaking in season when you have so many other things to talk about. So that's my rant. I'm done. Pissed off of freaking media members and ah, the worst. I hate media members or a certain media outlet. No, Alan Cutler too, and his stupid mustache face. John Calgary <laughs> wrote the foreword of his book, and now he's just trashing him like crazy. Like, bro, like. Uh, you you guys are crazy, but yeah, media members because it's it's multiple people at this point now. But yeah, that's fair. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this has been beers and buckets, where you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at beers and buckets pod. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and like, rate, re- leave a review, share this episode, and check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter for more shows like this one. Uh, this has been fun. This has been real. It's been real fun. And I'm super tired because it's almost 1 a.m. And yeah, so this has been the bottom line because Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll catch you next week. Yes, sir.